It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Pascal Siakam uncertainty still looms over the Raptors as training camp draws near, but would a little piece of paperwork that happened over the weekend maybe grease the wheels for a trade? We'll get into that coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it is every day because we're back now to five days a week as the season gets closer. It's very exciting. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I'm going into my 10th season covering the Toronto Raptors on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff for free on your favorite podcast apps. We are on Instagram if you want to go follow us over there. And of course, you can join us in our Discord server. The link is in the description of the episode. Would love to see you in there. A great little family we got building around the show. And if you want to be in our fantasy league or leagues, depending on how many people are interested, you're going to want to get ready for that. Uh, So get in the Discord, join the fantasy league little channel we got in there to declare your interest and we'd love to have you along as fantasy season draws near and all of that can you feel the buzz i sure can today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel sportsbook official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more right now new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started and we will get started by bringing in today's guest Vivek Jacob who is here to talk about the ongoing Pascal Siakam cloud that hangs over the Toronto Raptors will he extend will they trade him will they do nothing and just go into the season with a whole bunch of very important pending UFAs once again we've been talking about this all summer long but there's a bit of a change to the tone and tenor I think today because a meaningful bit of paperwork went down down in Atlanta where someone became trade eligible someone who just might grease the wheels of a potential trade and make things a little more interesting as we get into training camp soon. Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com is here. Big V, how the hell are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Had a good weekend. Enjoying, uh, you know, the last of the sunny days and the warm days. Mm -hmm. uh, It's good that it's still going. Got to enjoy September now. Um, Yeah. Like, (laughs) look, the general decay of our environment is bad, but... It has made September into like a more pleasant month. It's kind of created a new season, actually. It's like, it's not sweater season. It's not like t-shirt and jeans season. To me, this is prime wear a long sleeve flannel with a t-shirt and shorts underneath season. It's great. I'm having the time of my life. Uh, but yeah, you know, exactly. the undercurrents of it. 
kind of grim. We're not here to talk about climate change, though, baby. We're here to talk about something that has not changed at all, which is the status of Pascal Siakam with the Toronto Raptors, which remains very weird. Uh, to set the stage, for those who maybe have taken the summer off and are back now that we're daily, uh, Pascal Siakam is eligible for an extension. The Raptors and him have apparently not really had talks, per all the reporting we've seen throughout the offseason. He has also declared his uh, lack of interest in re-signing with a team that would potentially trade for him, which has kind of killed his trade value, leaving the Raptors in this position where their best player is going into the final year of his contract. Uh, their best player is maybe a bit of a wonky fit with their soon-to-be best player down the line, or at least they hope that's the case in Scotty Barnes. The roster around those two makes very little sense as it stands to maybe make a go of it with those two guys as the main core. I actually think that's the preferred path. Keep those two dudes and figure the rest out later because they're the most talented. We'll get into that. But as it stands right now, we're, what, five weeks away from the season, and Pascal Siakam is still on the roster. He has still not been extended. It doesn't seem like there's trade talks going on. But Bogdan Bogdanovich over the weekend, a little piece of paperwork, became eligible to be traded. And I think that maybe plays into this conversation a bit. But before we dive into the Atlanta Hawks and a potential fake trade we could dive into, what is your general status of opinion on what the Raptors should be doing with Pascal Siakam right now, Big V? Well, I think if you can't get the extension done, then you, you have to figure out what's the best deal possible. And mm -hmm. at this stage, you know, it seems like an extension might be uh, difficult to get. But at the same time, you know, we've seen the Raptors get uh, deals with Kyle Lowry done, you know, right at the last second, right before the season starts. Right. Mm -hmm. and so. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there was even <laughs> a preseason game where Kyle Lowry was like, hey, we're either getting this done or I'm not going on the court. <laughs> God, I miss Kyle. <laughs> so many ways all the time. <clears throat> so I think that <clears throat> if you can't get the extension done, then absolutely. I think your best move is to get a deal done. Um, seems like, you know, the Hawks uh, have had numerous conversations with the Raptors and you know I, we're talking about Bogdanovich's trade eligibility now but going back to August <clears throat> there was that report that came out about the Hawks after Kobe Bufkin became trade eligible mm. and I think that was kind of an indication that oh okay you know we waited for Bufkin to be uh the Raptors waited for Bufkin to be eligible for trade um and the Hawks reached out and obviously that seems to be a breaking point mm -hmm. um and now recently we've seen that report as well so yeah from michael think... scoto at hoops hype to uh give proper <laughs> attribution <clears throat> <laughs> thank you and so i think that continues to be a sticking point and so we'll just see where things land yeah i, I mean it's not a good situation. One, any way you slice it, right? Like, if the Raptors are, in fact, painted into the corner where the best move is to just find a trade, any trade, to sort of give some semblance of clarity on the direction this season, that's that speaks to a lot of bad moves leading up to a point where you're forced to trade your best player for 70 cents on the dollar or whatever. That stinks. That's really bad. That's also the reality we find ourselves in. And so I think there maybe has to be a bit of a changing of expectations of the return for Pascal. It sucks. Like, again, for me, 
if I had my druthers, the Raptors would go forward. They would commit to Pascal Siakam. Obviously, we don't know if Siakam's waiting out uh, to see if he can try to make all in the A next season. That's kind of the unknown element of these extension talks or non-talks is maybe he just doesn't want to. And he wants to try to go make all in the A. And the chances of the Raptors keeping him remain pretty high, all told. He says he wants to be here. That's the only party line we've heard. And so that's maybe like the one argument you could say for running into the season with Pascal as a free agent is, you know what, go let him try for All-NBA. We're going to take care of him anyway, and he knows that. And so maybe that's just untold stuff we haven't heard. I have my doubts considering uh, all of the weirdness that seems to have gone around Pascal this season. That, again, my my preferred option here, Pascal and Scotty become the pillars of the team, and you reshape the roster around those two in the coming years, knowing you have them both under contract for a very long time, or at least in Scotty's case, you'll have you know team control for a very long time, and you can spend the next year, two, three, reshaping the roster around your two most talented players. That's what I would like to see, but I'm getting the sense that's not what the Raptors see for their future, and so you're in this position now where the value of just picking a lane and choosing it almost has value to kind of offset the talent loss in a potential Pascal trade? Would you agree with that kind of evaluation that just the mere act of saying we're going to make this decision rip off the Band-Aid has some value that maybe doesn't appear in the fanspo trade machine calculations of whether a trade is good or not? Um, you mean publicly? I mean, just like as a team, like if you are to just say, you know what, we're taking 70 cents on the dollar for Pascal, it's not a great deal, but the value of just picking a direction actually has some inherent value that is baked into that. Like, do you think that's a fair reading on it? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, considering the lack of direction for the last couple of years now, um, I I think absolutely, uh, you know, clarifying where this team is headed uh, would help a lot of people. Um, I could see why maybe for business reasons Mm -hmm. (laughs) the way they're leaning is maybe not the the way they want to yell out loud (laughs) they're Mm -hmm. leaning um but yeah i think in terms of you know being at point a and wanting to get to point b which is ideally you know contending for a championship again uh or if you want to call that point c or whatever it is right because obviously Mm -hmm. there's a ways to go to get there um I think you have to be clear about where you're starting from and just being real about what you have and what you don't have. And so um, I think Scotty and Pascal are very good individual players. Um, Obviously Pascal a a couple levels above. Um, But I think in terms of a basketball team's ceiling, I don't see that happening with both of them unless you like dramatically alter the roster around them mm-hmm. and fill it up with shooters. I just don't think it, especially with Jakob Pertl in the mix, I just don't see it. Um, and so I think that's where you've got to, um, you know, again, if you can't get the extension done with Pascal, you got to rip off the bandaid. Ooh, great that they're in this spot, huh? Awesome. <laughs> Lo- love it all. I've been like, I think I've been like, for the most part of the last 18 months, you know, 20 months, pretty on like pretty fair and like kind of on the side of the front office thinking none of their moves have been sort of necessarily all that bad in a vacuum. But it's hard to argue that they have not dropped the bag when it comes to uh, the situation, considering the very unfavorable situation they find themselves in with their best player, who should be a forever Raptor, frankly, by all rights, but it does not seem 
like that is uh, is terribly likely at this point. We're going to get into in a second here a deal that is now legal via the trade machine because Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Hawks is now eligible to be traded after signing a four-year $68 million extension with the Hawks back earlier in the offseason. We're going to get into what that could mean and a potential fake trade that I'm going to pitch Big V on uh, to see whether or not they can get this thing done and actually kind of set the Raptors up with some direction going into the season. We'll do that in just a second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. And right now is a perfect time to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Maybe you're the type of person who likes to go down to a Buffalo Bills game to go check a game out if you're from Toronto or Hamilton or wherever you might be in southern Ontario. And for me, I'm not much of a sports better, but I do like when I'm in the building to throw a little money down. Why don't you go check it out when you go to a Bills game? That could be a fun little way to juice up the action and enliven the experience if jumping through flaming tables is not a lot enlivening enough for you just yet. Go check out FanDuel right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of Locked On. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here. Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com is with us as we uh, continue to ponder the future of one Pascal Siakam in Toronto. Uh, It's great that it's mid-September and we're still talking about this, V. I'm loving it. I'm so glad we got back to the daily posting schedule of the podcast without any sort of resolution to this very big question hanging over the team. It's good, actually, I'd say. Um, Just a reminder, we'll be back every day this week, so keep an eye out. I'm doing a mailbag episode tomorrow, so if you want to send me questions, go to the Discord, send me questions in the mailbag channel, and they will be prioritized for tomorrow's show. Okay, let's continue on here. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, of course, of uh, recent FIBA World Cup stardom, uh, making it all the way to the final with Serbia, of course, has been a very solid player for the Atlanta Hawks and the Sacramento Kings throughout his career. Uh, Kind of a dude I've always really liked, just kind of has a little bit of grime to him, a little bit of onions, and is a damn good shooter, a damn nice complimentary piece. And for me, the... You know, him becoming eligible to be traded over the weekend is, I think, a pretty interesting pivot point in this Pascal Siakam, you know, Raptors, Hawks, you know, sort of situation. Because Bogdan actually, I think, is a meaningful piece to potentially include in a Pascal trade that maybe makes it a little more palatable if I'm the Raptors. Um, Before we get into a fake trade proposal, Big V, what is your thought on Bogdan Bogdanovich? Should he be the apple of the Raptors' eye or one of the apples of the Raptors' eye if, in fact, uh, you know, they get back into talks here with the Hawks before the season begins? Uh, I love Bogdan Bogdanovich as a player. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, from a competitive standpoint, from, you know, uh, his style of play and, like, his love of the big moments. I would like to see him on a contender. Um, mm-hmm. But 
because I think so highly of him, I would absolutely love to see him in a Raptors uniform. And I think, uh, you know, in terms of who the Raptors are trying to get from the Hawks, I would absolutely include him in that list. And so, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, his trade eligibility matters and I think it should be a significant talking point. Um, but, you know, going back to the conversation that you started about, you know, picking a direction, mm-hmm. you have to prioritize the youth that you're getting. Right. Mm. I, I don't think uh, in terms of evaluating a tr- potential trade with the Hawks, you're looking at it and saying, you know, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is, you know, the make or break guy. Sure. Right? So you're looking at the young guys, you're looking at the picks and then it's like, hey, can we get Bogdanovich in there? Um, <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. And uh, I think the Raptors are right to absolutely want Kobe Bufkin. I was really high on him. Uh, coming into the draft. He Little Bluffkin boy right over here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he was the guy I was hoping they would pick. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think that's where the conversation has to start. Um, but somewhere along the way, if you can throw Bogdanovich in there, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the Hawks reportedly have been reticent to include Kobe Bufkin. Makes sense. And I do think I maybe have like a slight semantic disagreement with you a little bit in that I think if you were to get Bogdan, it maybe takes some of the burden off of maximizing the youthful package because what you get in Bogdan is something that I think is the most important thing for the Raptors right now, which is someone who fits well with Scotty Barnes and will help facilitate his development. And boy, oh boy, would Bogdan Bogdanovich fit beautifully alongside Scotty Barnes, running dribble handoff stuff, spacing, a little bit of extra creation to take away the burden. He's not someone who's going to go average six assists a game, but he can average three for you very easily. He's got a pull-up game. He shot 43% on pull-up threes last season on nearly two attempts a game. Helps to fill in some of what you lost with Fred Van Vliet going out the door. There's a lot to like with what Bogdan brings to the table, and he's also under contract for four more seasons at a eminently reasonable number, which I think has a lot of value. And so... Yeah, maybe including him trims off a little of what you get on the package on the younger and sort of pick forward side of the deal. But I do think the trade-off of getting someone who's that glove-like a fit next to Scotty actually makes some sense. And so let me pitch you the deal here, Big V. Um, This is, I think, kind of going off what we've heard reporting-wise. And so it doesn't include your boy Kobe Bufkin, your boy and mine, I should say. But here's what we got. For those not watching the video, the uh, screen cap I have here is the Raptors acquire DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and A.J. Griffin, along with the Sacramento Kings 2024 first rounder. Should be noted, the Hawks don't have a whole lot of picks they can trade. They can't trade. uh, They don't have their 2024 pick right now, and they can't trade their 2025 pick because they've traded their 2024 pick because of the Stepien rule. The Hawks have, uh, in this trade, Pascal Siakam coming back along with Otto Porter Jr. to balance out the money and give them a little bit more of a veteran infusion. Maybe he plays. Maybe he becomes a deep rotation player for them um, in this hypothetical. What do you think of that potential deal? If you're the Raptors and, you know, this ends up being an offer that's on the table, Siakam and Otto for Bogdanovich, Hunter, Griffin, and that Kings first, which is top 14 protected, will probably convey next season, but who knows? The West is loaded. Um, Where are you at with uh, that potential offer? The Raptors, it should be said, lose this on talent. Pascal is by far the best player in this trade. But like we talked about off the top, is there just the value of picking a lane? And we can get into the individual pieces and how they'd fit in a sec. But overall, first impressions of that deal, do you take it if you're, if it's on the table and you're Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster? Uh, no. Uh, I, I think, again, for me, Kobe Bufkin is the conversation starter. I don't think okay. uh, I'm even entertaining uh, a trade proposal from the Hawks w- without his name included. 
Mm -hmm. The only way I would consider this deal is if you're getting closer to the trade deadline and there's no, and there's no extension um, for Pascal. And so, you know, uh, then, you know, I, I, I think I would view this trade as more of like a 50 cents on the dollar type of deal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so I think uh, I just don't see that type of ceiling with DeAndre Hunter um, to make it worth it. Griffin is a good player. I think he'll be uh, somewhere in the good to very good range in this league. Uh, but in terms of seeing the ceiling going forward, uh, I would struggle to see that with this deal. So uh, if you get closer to the trade deadline, uh, absolutely. Uh, I would look at it and say, okay, you know, <laughs> you can't lose him for nothing. Um, mm -hmm. And But until then, uh, I'm trying like heck to get Kobe Bufkin back. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe like Griffin versus Bufkin becomes the sticking point. I actually am pretty high on Griffin. You know, as much as I love Bufkin, I think Griffin's going to be really good. The fact that he shot 39% as a rookie from three is really encouraging stuff. I know he has some injury sort of red flags in his background that maybe led to him falling in the draft. That's obviously to be considered, but he's 19 years old. I think he'd fit very nicely into what the Raptors got going. And look, this trade, like you said, it's they lose it on talent pretty clearly, right? But I do think... It sets the roster up in a pretty interesting way if they were to put it all together, right? You have yourself, a, you know, a theoretical starting five of, you know, Scotty with a maybe Dennis Schroeder or, you know, maybe you slide in Bogdan as your two next to Scotty as your nominal point guard and just lean all the way into that. You've got obviously OG in there. You have, you know, probably Hunter or maybe you swap Hunter out and that's where Schroeder slides in. So it's Schroeder, Barnes, Bogdanovich, OG, and, you know, obviously Yakub yeah, Pirtle is your center. Off the bench, you have DeAndre Hunter, who, you know, is not a perfect player by any means. Is probably a negative value contract with four years at $20 million left on his deal. But he's shot 35 36% from three throughout his career. He is a passable player. He's not fourth overall worthy, but that's not the Raptors' problem. They're just trading for a guy who can fill in the roster, and I think he would do that just fine. You have Grady Dick. You have A.J. Griffin. You have a ton of shooting coming off the bench. You have, um, you know, obviously your gaggle of forward types as well between Boucher, McDaniels, uh, Precious Achua. You got Christian Coloco. You end up having a roster like 14 deep in real NBA players if you do pull off this trade, and it means you're kind of left, A, ripe for a, or a consolidation trade at some point, and B, you just have a lot of different stuff to try out with Scotty Barnes to see what sticks, to see what actually is, you know, meaningful for the future. I don't hate it, really. And again, my pre preference is to just not trade Pascal Siakam, but if they're going down the road of just doing it, I think you could do a lot worse than this deal, and it might be worth it just for giving Scotty Barnes a roster loaded with shooting and competent players to kind of foster his development, which is the most important thing here. Um, you know, if you were to swap out the first round pick for Bufkin, would that get it done for you? Like the first round picks, they're not exciting from the Hawks. They just, they've traded all their good ones over to the Spurs for DeJounte Murray. Um, you know, it, it's an un, it's not a, a perfect situation by any means, kip, kip, pick capital wise. But if you get Bufkin and Griffin, can you convince them to do that? That's probably pretty hard. Um, but, you know, does that sort of change, change your tune on this? Uh, yes, that does. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mm -hmm. think that's significant enough. Um, I, I do like Bufkin that much, so I I would uh, strongly consider. I probably try to get you know maybe a couple seconds in there just just to have as sure. capital um, instead, uh, like instead of the first round pick. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think Bufkin 
yeah, being included there instead of the first round pick, I would definitely, I would definitely be more open to that as sort of a pre-trade deadline deal. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I have my doubts that you'll be able to get Buffkin included. Maybe you can convince them to throw in Jalen Johnson. What does Jalen Johnson do for you as a team with a million forwards? Maybe not as much as a Buffkin would. Um, I. It's not perfect, right? That's the other it, thing just, too, right? Yeah. With Buffkin, it's just like the need at guard is so yeah. significant for this team that yeah. it, like having him, I think would be a significant get. Yeah. I mean, Hey, maybe even swap him in for Griffin and just get the first round pick. And maybe it's, it's good on a fit reasons why the fit, fit, fit basis. Like it's, it's grim, man. Like it's like, you shouldn't be trading a two time NBA player for a package like this. I know, but if that is the, the, the situation they're, they've kind of faced themselves with, then there might not be a better option to set the roster up in an interesting way going forward. The reason I think this works for the Hawks is it gets them off some money as a team that if they have Siakam and DeJounte Murray and Trey Young all on the team, they're going to be very expensive, flirting with the second apron just by having those three guys. And so maybe Bogdanovich and Hunter's contracts are luxuries they can't afford. You know, they have Sadiq Bey, who I think would slide in pretty comfortably between those big three as like the starting three. Then you have... You you know, Clint Capella and Yekel Kongu as your center rotation. Then you've got yourself Patty Mills, uh, Otto Porter Jr. in this case, Jalen Johnson. You've got Wes Matthews, who they signed. Uh, and then obviously, if you keep Buffkin, they've got Buffkin to throw in there too. Like they have a pretty deep and full rotation, even giving up more players in this trade. And so that's why I think you could kind of see it maybe come to fruition. But yeah, the sticking points will surely be the young players and the picks. We'll leave it there for now. We'll come back on the other side, Big V, and get into the idea of like, what if nothing happens here? What if Pascal does not get traded before the season? What does that mean for the Raptors? What does that tell us about OG Ananobi's potential future? What does that tell you just about the general direction of the team? Maybe is an unanswerable question. Maybe the front office doesn't even know, but we'll get to that coming up in just a sec. But first, just a reminder, go check out Locked On Leafs. They are also returning to Daily over on the NHL side today, and the Leafs have uh, all sorts of questions coming into the season. So go and listen to Mike and Dave as they break it all down, getting you set for what should be yet another long season of waiting for the playoffs to know anything about this damn Leafs team. Go check it out right now wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Big V. If there's no Pascal Siakam trade, what does it tell us about the direction of the team going into this season? Right, right? Like, it's... The roster feels like it needs a move. It's totally cluttered in the front court. There's not enough guard depth. There's not enough shooting. The situation for Scotty Barnes to go and develop within is just not ideal. And I would assume that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster know this, at least to some extent. And yet, we are still sitting here with no sort of clarity as to what's coming next year for the team. 
if Pascal is on the team going into the season, there is no further conversation with the Hawks, nothing gets done. What does that tell you? What does that mean to you about what this team's intentions are for the season? And how does that bleed into how you feel about OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. even? Like, there's all these sort of really important loose ends that are all dangling out there. And if Pascal's hanging out there, that's the biggest loose end. It's just a big loose end party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think we're heading into another very stressful trade deadline. Um, Great. Love it. My favorite thing. (laughs) Yeah, and you're just not going to know. And I'm sure the message will be that they kind of like the way that they're set up and they believe that they can be very good. And then, uh, you know, the angst will probably grow through December and Jan when, you know, they're, they're out of the play-in tournament and uh, <laughs> they're on pace for about 35 wins. And <laughs> They could go the other way. Like, they could surprise, do the thing and, like... And get to 45 wins? Three games, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think if if there's no extension to be had before the season begins, uh, I think the Raptors are in a bad place mm-hmm. uh, to, to kind of double down on a strategy that obviously failed last season. Um, and frankly, when you look at the history of this team post championship and um, the lack of, you know, maybe feasible turnover uh, Mm -hmm. of the roster, you know, uh, with those championship guys, I think uh, that is going to be a sticking point for a lot of fans. And, you know, Pascal might be the final nail in the coffin, right? Like Mm -hmm. if, uh, if you don't get the extension done, you weren't able to, you know, you kind of are like, oh, we didn't get a deal that we wanted at the trade deadline or Masai does the same, you know, oh, big deals are for the offseason mm. thing again. Um, and we feel very confident in resigning Pascal. And then you get to the summer and that, for whatever reason, doesn't work out. There, I, I don't think there's any way you can talk your way out of that. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it I don't think it's... A stretch to say that people's jobs are probably in the balance when it comes to this decision, one way or another down the line. Will it be Masai Ujiri? I feel like he's got pretty good job security, but like you keep on losing and then maybe not, right? Like it's these things can change pretty quickly. Bobby Webster, they're all kind of tied up in all of this. For me, I think, look, barring a Pascal trade, I think the thing that would ease my nerves, ease my sort of just general state of dread about the current state of the roster would be an OG extension, right? And we don't know yet if that's going to come to pass. It seems doubtful considering they can only offer him four years, $116 million, um, within the new CBA's 40% raises clause. Maybe it's enough, right? Like we saw DeJounte Murray sign for a little bit less than we thought he would down in Atlanta. Pretty comparable, I think, to what a, an OG deal would look like. Um, we've seen, obviously, Jeremy Grant get the full bag from Portland. Does that play into OG's thinking here? Are there going to be teams out there that can actually offer him that Jeremy Grant-sized bag? That's a big conundrum as well for OG and his representation to figure out. Seems unlikely, considering the lack of cap space around the league and the second apron penalties that are going to come in. So maybe, maybe this kind of all gets resolved a little bit, at least, you know, satiates us for a while when October hits and OG's extension eligible and they bring him in and say, hey, you know, sign on the dotted line, four years, 116, you're locked in a lot of money, you're a guy who's had injuries in the past, maybe 
that is a thing that's more realistic than we've maybe painted it as. What, what's your sort of general feeling on that? Like, are we underplaying the possibility that OG just takes the 4-116 that surely will be offered to him the first time it can be? And I'm sure they've talked to him about it in his representation before that, obviously. He's their, their own guy. There's no tampering to be done there or anything like that. But what's your level of belief that maybe that gives us a little bit of salvation here going into the season, knowing, okay, the OG thing's sorted out. The Pascal thing gets a little easier to navigate now because he's the only major giant pending free agent. Sorry to Gary Trent Jr. Um, you know, that's, I think, a different tier of dude we're talking about. But you know, what's your level of optimism maybe that that OG thing does get done? I I think OG, you know, as... Uh more opportunities present themselves looks more plausible i just mean in terms of encore opportunities obviously mm. fred is uh has moved on and potentially if a pascal trade happens mm. then i think he would be much more amenable to an extension right mm-hmm. and, uh i think og could be an important building block rebuilding block alongside scotty because i think he's at that perfect age where he fits both timelines right yep. and that, that was always the thing with him and so yeah, I think he'd be an important building block going forward. Uh, and absolutely, you're right. As soon as you're able to offer it, you, know, you throw the money at him and hope that uh, he is willing to uh, stay on the ship. And, you know, when you start to project out in terms of 2024 free agency, like the teams that you kind of expect to be uh, free agent players, uh, I believe San Antonio will have the money. Uh, yeah. I believe, or, or the Orlando Magic will have money. Um, the Magic are going to get real expensive real soon, though. They might have to be careful about throwing that around at some. Big yeah, possibly. Uh, and then maybe the Pistons. Yeah. Uh, the Sixers too, if they like. Yeah, because they they didn't James give Maxi. Yeah. <laughs> the money, so we'll see yeah. how that plays out. Um, Although uh, Nick Nurse, OG Ananobi, I'm not sure they're best pals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure that, uh, you know, Pascal cares much for going to Utah. Um, he sure OG, likes to OG play is, Utah, you know, historically. quirky enough to be like, yeah, why not? You <laughs> <laughs> can't rule it out with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, I think... Uh, I don't think there's too much beyond that, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. Charlotte might be the only other team that that might have the money, but Charlotte uh, is where you go to commit career suicide. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you'd probably look at, uh, you know, uh, San Antonio and Orlando as the significant threats, um, mm-hmm. but you know, they're probably like, hey, <laughs> the big fish might be honest. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the other sort of thing here too, right? Is like the the creeping Giannis of it all, which hangs over everything. Maybe the Raptors are just like we're gonna keep all our guys so we can flip them off for Giannis down the line and play that game again. That would be great. Yay. It hasn't set them back at all <laughs> since uh, they last tried to pursue Giannis. Um, yeah, it's a tough situation. I maybe feel a little. Like, I, I was kind of ruling out the idea of OG signing the extension basically all summer. I just didn't think it was going to be enough for him. But, like, looking at the financial circumstances around the league and baking in his injury history, which I kind of maybe underplayed as, like, a, a thing to consider here, it's hard to turn down $116 million guaranteed dollars, uh, right? Especially for a guy in OG who is going to, in four or five years' time, 
be eligible to get paid again at probably a you know, pretty reasonable sum as the cap goes up. Like maybe this is not his last chance to cash in. You never know that, obviously. But um, yeah, that that's going to be the next thing here, right? Like if OG signs the extension, I think you can make your piece if they don't move Pascal. I just think having both guys as pending UFA is going into the season is a non-starter. So we shall see. We will keep tabs on it as we go forward here. Plenty of time between now and training camp for things to go down. Big V. Thanks so much for being here, man. Lovely to chat and uh, lovely to be back on the daily grind with you here. Anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Uh, usual stuff. Uh, looking forward to getting some stuff done uh, heading into media day and all the fun that will come with that. Uh, so you can check out raptors.com. And besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Hell yeah. Uh, find me at Woodley Sean. Join the Discord. Link is in the description. Come hang out. We got the Instagram. You can go follow. The- we got the Instagram, says the old man. Uh, go follow that uh, and support the show by following, subscribing, rating, and reviewing all that good stuff for free wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, that is going to do it. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thanks for hanging. We'll talk to you again Tuesday with a little mailbag action. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.